0: Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking In Bits. But before we actually get to the show, I wanted to remind you guys that Talking In Bits is completely 100% audience funded. What that basically means is, is that you will never have to sit through no ads while you're listening to Talking In Bits. And the only way we can continue to do that and have been able to do that is with contributions and donations with great listeners such as yourself. So in order to keep that spirit alive, there's a few ways that you can actually donate to the show. My favorite way is Podcasting 2.0 apps. There's a bunch of them out there, but my two favorite are Fountain App and Breeze. And with these apps, it's basically like any other podcasting app. You can subscribe to Talking in Bits. um, You can load up some sats into the wallet, and you can set how many sats per minute you think Talking in Bits is worth or how much value you're receiving from Talking in Bits. You can do this from both of those apps. Another really cool feature in in these apps, these Podcast 2.0 apps, is the boost feature. And what the boost feature is, is basically you get to pick a certain amount of sets that you want to send in and you can embed a message inside of that transaction into the show. And what I'm going to do is week to week, the best ones that come in, I'm going to read them and give shout outs here live on the show. So that's another way that you can help keep this ad free um, and keep this content rolling. Uh, If you're not using the podcast 2.0 apps, then you can head on over to talkinginbits.com backslash donate. And there you'll find various links to be able to send enlightening, to be able to send on-chain, and even to pay them. So go check out the, the website. That's another way to contribute. And if you're listening to us on the legacy outlets like YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, then you could do the good old-fashioned leave a review, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps and helps us float up higher so more people can get this value and more people could get everything that we want to provide to our listeners. So once again, we appreciate you. The only reason we've been able to keep this up is because of y'all and we want to keep that going for as long as we can All right, without further ado, on to this week's episode. the hardest money that ever
1: been: I also made the case for warning Bitcoin the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply. By its design, the total quantity of bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million..
0: Bitcoin is the hardest money that, money that has ever been invented.
1: If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And, this is, the power and of Bitcoin. this is the power of Bitcoin. This is the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Full custodial
0: rights. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking to Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit, so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 71. And I'm very fortunate and super grateful to have the great Gigi on. What's going on, Gigi? Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me again. Hey, dude, you're very welcome. Uh, We were just talking about the last time and and, uh, uh, things were were very simple for talking in the bits then. And now I'm glad that you're willing to come back and see how far we've grown. So thanks, man. Appreciate that. you
1: You have quite an amazing studio now. I'm very impressed.
0: Yeah, well, fun fact, the rest of the room looks like shit. This is just a little corner here that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that we keep Perfect. looking nice for the show. Um, but Gigi, man, you, you're, you're an amazing, uh, not only follow on Bitcoin, but a- an amazing um, leader in Bitcoin, in my opinion. You're in my Mount Rushmore of Bitcoiners. Um, I'm just gonna give you a softball question. Who, who's on your Mount Rushmore of Bitcoiners? Before we get deeper into the combo, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's a softball question. That's quite hard. Is it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, so many. There are so many amazing people in Bitcoin from all different walks of life, and uh, everyone provides their own different perspective and a piece of the puzzle, I guess. And um just a different viewpoint and so for me definitely um the guys that are very high up there are bitstein and pierre rochard um uh, i mean bitstein is just a genius in my book and yeah. i learned a lot from him um definitely madame marty too uh i mean i i cherish them both they're they're both like brothers to me i still listen to every episode basically so you know like if you you spend a lot of time with those people uh in these (laughs) one-way friendships and uh you know i'm 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 lucky to call both of them (laughs) my my friends proper no and um yeah i mean definitely you know like when studying the prehistory of Bitcoin and, and just the history in, in, in Bitcoin in general, there are many, many people that stick out that, uh, you know, just thought about these things for a very, very long time. I mean, of course, Adam Beck is like, uh, there's a reason why I call him Chad M. Beck, you know, he's such a Chad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Chad, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: he's still, you know, he's still working on all this stuff and he's he's also a little bit of a degenerate. <laughs> um trader which which i like actually i i don't trade myself, but you know is known to
0: you taste it
1: yeah yeah, he's known to try to maximize his bitcoin holdings, i guess with trading i don't know, and I mean there are so many people uh right. i, I, I the writings of, of Sabo are absolutely incredible. Um, so, um, yeah, if you haven't read everything that Nick Sabo ever wrote, uh, like stop listening right now and just go get after it and read. Definitely, <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Again, it's, it's a really hard question because there are so many amazing engineers and what, what they are doing is super interesting just from the cryptography side, for example, or from the network side. Um, and there's also, you know, so much of the, Austrian thought that's, um, you know, that, that Bitcoin not now kindled again. And of course, the great Austrians, um, like, um, you know, <laughs> um, it's its very easy to say nice things about that uh, people because, you know, they they don't have the ability to fuck up anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> Mises and Rothbard and all, all the rest of them, uh, of course, great minds. But there are some younger people and uh, living economists now that um, kind of, Breathe new life into the Austrian school and uh, they definitely helped me a lot to understand the, uh, um, yeah, the economic side of things. So, yeah, I don't know, many, many people, like, and, yeah, and yeah, I, I also, I just want to point out, you know, like I, I, <laughs> I like to remind everyone, I am, I'm also just some dude, you know, <laughs> sitting in the basement, uh, 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 just liking the orange coin. I, I don't see myself as a leader or anything like that. I just, you know, I just um read so much about bitcoin and thought so much about it and wrote some things and that's basically all i <laughs> but i'm, I'm just an, an, another pleb like like many many other plebs
0: yeah yeah no and I, I i do respect that humbleness i think it's just a matter of like when you came in right so for me you you would be up there and i know you're saying like no nah, no way but like it's just when i came in i gravitated to it, your work towards your work right and, and it takes for a specific person to put in the work right because you could have easily absorbed all these greats that you just named there, you know, took all that information and, and did nothing with it. You could have just kept it to yourself. You could have just continued to like the orange coin in your basement and done nothing. But because you took the extra step there and said, okay, well now I want to, you know, harvest all that information, take it through me and now, you know, give it back in a different arena, whether it's your writing, even whether it's just ship hosting on Twitter, right? Like you take that energy, you pushed it out <laughs> the other way. I came in, right, at a, at a, at a later time, And then I was like, who's this Gigi guy? And then just down your rabbit hole I go, right? So... Uh, it's humbling for you to say that you don't really think of yourself as such, but I'm, I'm going to fight that back and say uh, you up there on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'm,
1: I I still consider myself mostly a shit poster. That I, I'm definitely like <laughs> I'm definitely guilty of spending too much time on Twitter, but it, but it's just also so much fun, you know. Like I, it blows my mind every day that uh, you know some some weird, funny magic internet money is kind of disrupting the whole world and uh, bringing you know the the, the fiat system that is in control of nation states to its knees, you know, and there are some, some anonymous, pseudonymous, uh, you know, laser-eyed people with uh, very weird avatars and very weird names on Twitter that are just la- laughing about it all and laughing about the mainstream economists and their predictions. And, uh, you know, like it's it's just the old system is so insane that <laughs> there. You, you have two choices. You can either cry or you can laugh about it. And so I choose to laugh about it. And so every day is kind of hilarious, even though, of course, you know, like uh, the, the, the the house of cards is it's not only collapsing it's it's burning down you know it's it's going up in flames while it's collapsing and it's of course very painful for for many people and a lot of value is lost and a lot of a lot of value is misallocated and and all the rest of it but still you know it's funny that bitcoin just works and everyone who kind of tries to improve upon bitcoin doesn't understand bitcoin really and uh everyone fails to to kind of make sense of it all or most people fail to make sense of it all and just you know it's the Belquirif meme that captured it it captures it perfectly like you know after 10,000 <laughs> hours of studying Bitcoin you'll realize staying humble and stacking is the best thing you can do and just you know you don't need to do much more than that and it's like very much like left side and right side of the of the bell curve you know just you know number go up and, uh, <laughs> and just shit posting on Twitter and you know doing whatever you do and just stacking sets and, and you'll be fine and you'll outperform you know all the hedge fund managers and you'll outperform uh, all the you know financial pros that claim to you know know how the markets work or or what have you and uh so yeah i think it's just very very hilarious that we are in this situation and that bitcoin is here to save us basically
0: yeah i think a lot of people first of all the part about like you either have to laugh uh, (laughs) or you cry is a thousand percent i think that's like the whole the whole like the TLDR of clown world is basically that like it's so painful to watch, especially here in the U.S. When you're watching these politicians, literally the president of the whole freaking country just literally fall on his face. It's comical because it's like, holy shit. But it's so scary, too, that is like, holy shit. <laughs> so I think you hit that on the head. And on the back end of that, um, I think people would be listening to this right now and, and, and will find it hard to believe that this magic Internet money is saving us from all that madness, um, yeah, they would just be like you're, you're crazy you're you're what what, is it? Yeah, what was yeah. it that bitcoiners were called um psychopaths, yeah, we're all psychopaths,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course, and and it's kind of true as well, you know, and and we are accused <laughs> of being in a cult in a the, in the cult, and that's that's definitely true as well, and it, it also it sounds way too easy and it sounds way too simplistic and that, that is true too. and I've also heard from multiple people you know that it, that it, is, it sounds too good to be true, you know, just Stay humble in second and and you'll be fine. And you'll, you know, like you'll bring about the new world order basically with this and fix the world. And it, but, but you know, it is true, which is why it's so hilarious. And I'm usually if you hear something like Bitcoin, it, it, it is a scam and most people, rightfully so think that at first that it is a scam you know and it's a pyramid scheme and it will never work and so on and i thought this too you know like that <laughs> it took me multiple years to kind of get over the the, the first hump uh, so um you know i mean i i told the story of i think that uh, i thought i knew my computer science and I, I knew that every computer system can be hacked and so i dismissed bitcoin for the longest time and i was just laughing about it and thought it's so stupid you know and it's like um, you know, I mean, Fortnite V Bucks would be um, uh, today's comparison. Uh, previously, it was you know, um, Second Life had its own currency, and World of Warcraft had its own currency, and it was all you know, it was all the same. It all kind of, it, it all got exploited and duplicated, and heck, that was worthless and so on. And uh, these things were traded too, you know, on eBay, and accounts with a lot of gold or a lot of items were traded. So 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 that's how I viewed bitcoin uh, back in the day and so i never took it took it seriously and so I, I i have a lot of sympathy for the people that still don't take it seriously but i mean for god's sakes so do a little bit of homework it's it's been 13 years now and um <laughs> all the traditional markets begin to melt down and it should be obvious by now that the uh, you know, especially with the COVID money printing and just injecting trillions and trillions into the system, doesn't matter if it's the euro or the dollar or, or what have you. It, it's kind of obvious that it's all a Ponzi scheme and it's all made up. And so, yeah, now the system is beginning to fail, I guess, or probably began a while ago to fail. But it, it just becomes increasingly obvious, and people should just start to pay attention because the longer you try to ignore this, and uh, the, the the longer it takes you to see the things for what they are, the more painful it will be, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now and, and with everything that's going on now, um, actually literally to the to the moment with price action and a lot of the newbies coming in and never seeing this type of swing before, um, what what kind of a because you know there's gonna be some newly minted maxis that come out of this. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of people that get, you know, <laughs> yeah. basically cash out and run away and, and the new maxis, what if you had like a message from your previous experience or something to kind of give them some more oomph, if that makes sense. What, what would you say to the new board Maxis that are being uh, fused right now in the fire? Who who would have thought that like uh, 20% yield Ponzi schemes would implode, you know,
1: like no one could have ever guessed that. <laughs> just give me a Bitcoin and I'll give you like 20% every week. I mean, uh, it's also stupid. People are just really greedy, you know, um, mm. and people don't know the difference between Money and currency between investment and saving, and it's all kind of deliberately cobbled together. And I, I don't even bl- blame the people, you know, I blame the fiat system basically. And I also blame that there is zero financial education ever. Like, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter what you do or where you go. Like, I know, know people that, that work at very high positions in banks and they have no idea what money is, you know. So mm. um, it's, it's very hard for regular people to kind of understand what is the difference of, for example, I don't know you know buying a gold certificate or holding physical gold or putting money into stocks or um you know uh, buying into an index fund or what have you like it's i i guess to to everyone it's just all the same and uh just the the return percentage changes you know and so if if you put some money in, in this thing and you get like one percent and you get put some money into the this other thing then you get negative two percent and there's now this new thing and you get positive twenty percent returns in bitcoin and that sounds great, you know. <laughs> and so it's just <laughs> what people need to understand that Bitcoin is savings. And you just, I mean, all the short little memes in Bitcoin—they're all true. Not your keys, not your Bitcoin. You should also run your own node, you know. But first and foremost, not your keys, not your Bitcoin. You have to hold your own keys. You need to take responsibility. You need to hold your own keys. You are in control. You have to take self custody. Second of all, stay humble, snack sense, and. Most people forget the stay humble part, you know, like you really don't do leverage. Leverage and Bitcoin does not mix. Don't overextend yourself. Bitcoin goes up and down (laughs) and just stay humble and stack. Do whatever you're good at, provide value to the world and you will get value back. And it doesn't matter how this value is denominated. If you're earning yen or euro or US dollar or Turkish lira or sets directly, it doesn't matter. Just take whatever you can spare. 1% 1% of your weekly or monthly income or your daily income or 5% or 10% or 20% or 50%, it doesn't matter. Whatever you can spare, whatever whatever does not wipe you out and just sack that and just automate it so that you, you don't have to think about it. I mean, always, you know, take care that you know the implications of auto DCA, um, all auto A services require KYC as of now. Oh, yeah. And so just educate yourself, start slowly. Again, don't overextend yourself most important thing is hold your own keys and learn along the way like it's it's very difficult it's very very new it's still very easy to shoot yourself in the foot and just you know adjust your setups accordingly like if you're earning more money stack more if 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 you're sure that you know you don't need a lot of runway because you have a very secure job for example then you know you 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 might get away with stacking a bit more if you <laughs> don't hold a lot of bitcoin yet it's perfectly fine to have like a wallet on a phone or something if you if you have a lot probably get a hardware wallet if you have really a lot probably get like multiple hardware wallets or get a multi sig setup or you know do collaborative custody with uh, one of the services that provide it like in an unchained or a casa or what have you and so yeah that's that's my advice just don't be stupid bitcoin is absolutely amazing and awesome you don't need to be greedy Everyone who's stacking sets is long term greedy anyway, like Bitcoin will outperform absolutely everything and that like it has outperformed absolutely everything and it will continue to do so in the future. And it's your thing. No one can steal from you. No one can take Bitcoin away from you if you do it correctly. And that's the most important thing. Do it correctly and then you can't get wrecked and just try to try to become unruggable in, in general. You know, the, the rug pools will not stop. You'll get yeah. wrecked by absolutely everyone. Crypto will rug pull you. <laughs> Probably your government will rug pull you. Maybe your employer will rug pull you, and so on and so forth. You know, it's it's yeah. it is what it is. So just try to educate yourself and position yourself correctly in this chaotic world.
0: Yeah, real estate will rug pull you? I got. <laughs> don't yeah, course, to real that.
1: estate is a shit coin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got yet.
0: a I got a funny story to interview here with. Is um, literally yesterday. Um, so we're going to sell this house here and we were going to make the move that I work for Unchained Capital. So we're going to make the move down to Austin. And, um, yeah, we had the, you know, moving trucks already ordered, uh, down there in Austin already ordered. And maybe I'm divulging too much for the listeners, but either way. Um, and then we got a phone call yesterday where the, uh, the buyer of this house just rug pulled us. They basically just said, Oh, we're not, we're not going to buy this house. There you go. And I'm just like, there you go. And they in turn
1: were probably rug pulled by Luna or something, you know, and now (laughs) they're broke.
0: (laughs) Well, they were probably rug pulled by the state because they were just trying to get a loan. They were rug (laughs) rug pulled by the bank is what happened. But uh, yeah, like even though they were like assured by the bank that, you know, they had the lending, they had a pre-approval. That's kind of how it works over here. You got to show a pre-approval to make sure that you can afford the house. That in turn makes us take the house off the market because you guys have a pre-approval, et cetera, you know. And then the bank must have just rug-pulled them and said, even though we gave you this approval a few weeks ago, um, you know, Uncle Joe up in D.C. decided to raise, you know, some type of number there. You know, they tried to move these little digits around the Fed. And that now you can't afford this <laughs> loan. So now yeah, you got to go rug-pull you, and now you got to go ahead and rug-pull Jose, right? Which is, it's mind-boggling. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, the, the, the private keys and taking ownership um, I see this at work every single day because we help with multi-signature setups and we help uh, clients get onboarded. Um, it seems to still stump the majority of people, like when you talk about what a private key is and when you talk about, yeah. you know, quorums and, and, you know, public keys for that matter and seed phrases and this. Um, what are your thoughts on how we can, I don't even know if there's an answer for this, but your thoughts on like how we can get closer to more of a standard where it becomes understandable for the majority? Yeah, I
1: I hope to publish a piece on that soon, which is about the terminology and the words used in Bitcoin and right. all the confusion around it. And also, you know, how these words, how this misunderstanding is used to attack people. It mostly revolves around, you know, the European Union trying to ban unhosted wallets and so on. And just the the, the fact that um, unho- the term unhosted wallet is already a linguistic attack and completely nonsensical. I talked to Stefan about this briefly. Unfortunately, I, I still wasn't able to, to finish the piece, but I, I hope to do it soon. And so my thoughts are that, um, again, I have a lot of sympathy for for these people because if if you're not a cryptographer, if you don't come from computer science background, like the private keys, public keys, like this naming alone is absolutely terrible. You know, like it's uh, it's it, it sounds as if those two things are the same, but they're anything but. Like, what's the difference between the private private key and the public key to a newbie? You know, it's like it's, that's why people send around the private keys sometimes. You know, because they they just don't know. So right. so just. For, also from the get-go, um, I mean, those are cryptographic keys. Cryptographic keys are very, very different than the regular keys that open your car, open your house, or open a door, or open a chest, or what have you. That's not how Bitcoin works. The keys, as we as Bitcoiners know, are used for signing. And this is very confusing. Usually you use a pen for signing, you know, like it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all the wording is just super, super confusing. And we just never had anything like that because people are very bad at keeping information safe, because keeping information safe like a private key is a secret and no one else should know and so that's very hard to do because if you if you have a gold bar for example you can you can have the gold bar in your bedroom for example in the drawer and it, it's fine it, it sits there and periodically you can go in and check and even if people are at your house you know like they they might you know uh, see the gold bar but not steal it and and what have you you will you know like you can do a quick check if someone leaves like is any any of the bags unusual heavy and and stuff like that so we are very good with, with securing physical things and thinking about physical things but if you if you have like a seat plate in this raw or like a, a a paper with your 12 or 24 words on it like one glance is enough if someone has a really good photographic memory or like a smartphone in the pocket to take a picture your money is gone mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know so it's it is very difficult to reason about it and 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 like hardware wallets of course make all of this better but it's also like depending on the device you use and so on it it um it's very hard to reason about these attack vectors you know like if if you have a phone for example and you have quite a bit of money on the phone the phone might be compromised like if you if you're if you're if you're signing device to use nvk's uh, language that i like way more is hot if it's connected to the internet then you you might already be in trouble you know and, and people are just very bad at thinking about these things because you know Um, private keys haven't been allowed uh, haven't been around for like millions of years and physical things have been around for that long so we are very good with dealing with physical things and so i think that's the root of the problem and in the end we have to kind of i mean we, we, we are already getting better with talking about these things and that's why we talk about seed phrases for example you know a seed phrase and vaults for example you know cryptographic vaults or multi signature vaults a vault is something that is immediately very different than like a wallet <laughs> right. you know you 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 understand that it takes a long time to take something out of a vault again and it holds way more money than just a wallet and so i think our language and our uh, um, our collective understanding just has to evolve and then more people will Realize what is the difference between you know cold storage and like a lightning wallet and those kind of things and we we, we are coming up with these words that that makes it a little bit easier to to reason about all this. Um, but it is it is very difficult you know like what is a wallet in the first place i mean we we have so many wallets you know like we have brain wallets and paper wallets and so on and so forth and like what really is a wallet what what is important for storage is is the private key material and okay what is a private key It's just information and that's why we can transform it into 12 words and then we have a seed phrase and so on and so even talking about like People ask me, for example, what wallet should, should I use? And I'm like, okay, what do you even mean? You know, like it's, there's <laughs> a big difference if you're talking about 12 words stamped into steel or like a lightning wallet, you know, it's 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 all just difficult to reason about. And um, I think the metaphors that we use are kind of imperfect. And um, that's, yeah, that's why why it's so difficult for people to understand because it's very new. Nothing like this ever existed before. It's very hard to think about it properly i I think that's that's all there is to it
0: yeah so with time it will start to clear out more uh more um contributions in the network and more companies this will start to get better in your opinion over time
1: yeah absolutely i mean for another good example is like people are absolutely terrible when it comes to passwords passwords are inherently broken like letting the users decide their own passwords is like the most stupid idea ever. <laughs> like all like like literally like 95% of the passwords are like password 123 or one, 12345 or <laughs> that is like true. Yeah. it's if if you, if you look into um uh, leaks of, of password lists it's it's absolutely horrible and <laughs> and so we kind of figured out how how to improve this and we improved this with you know uh, password managers and automatic password generation and two-factor authentication and, and those kind of things. And um I think we will go to a, a, a similar kind of learning process with um, management of private key material where, um, you know, like you just have, like if you hold your, your multi-generational wealth somewhere, you will just use, you know, whatever is the de facto industry standard. And it's probably like a multi-sig with a time lock and multiple layers and multiple, like you should make it really hard to access, to, to move these funds. And if you just have a spending wallet on on Lightning, then maybe there are some limits. Maybe it can only hold a certain amount, and and it doesn't really matter. And it's also fine if you, I don't know, use like your biometrics of your phone to unlock it, and that's it. And you have some, you know, cloud backup that just encrypts something and pushes it to the Google Cloud or what have you. And I, I, that's that's where I see all these things um, developing and. Um, I mean, in the end, we'll we'll see, you know, like (laughs) lots of pain will be had still until we figure all this out.
0: (laughs) But like uh, when you talk about like, you know, making it difficult to get to, um, isn't adding complexity also a way to shoot yourself in the foot? Like an easy example, which is not as deep as time locks, in my opinion, would be um, specifically with the treasure, right? So people adding a passphrase on top of their seed phrase seems to like really destroy people's wealth and in certain situations lock people out for good because they just mm. don't, they think the passphrase is just a simple password and they forget about it. And it, like I said, it just ends up screwing them over when they go to recover uh, with their seed phrases and didn't either write down the passphrase or thought that it wasn't as, as important. And so that's a complexity feature there that although it's better for security uh, in theory, doesn't really seem to be working well when it comes to adding security. It's more of a fault
1: yeah i mean again it's it's all trade-offs kind of all the way down it's um you know if you just have the 12 words in your drawer then you know someone visits and has a (laughs) takes a snaps a picture then (laughs) you're screwed and so (laughs) a seed phrase would have been great (laughs) Uh, like a a passphrase sorry (laughs) um so that's true (laughs) i don't know it's (laughs) it's it's very hard to answer this it it depends on Your setup and your risk appetite and what you know. I mean, multisig is also a great example. Like a lot of people try to set up their own multisig and they they fail to back up all the data they needed. And you know, suddenly the <laughs> suddenly the, the the space of of addresses um, where your funds could be is so large that you have just no way of <laughs> finding out where your funds are, even even though you have the key materials, so to speak. You know, and yeah. it's it, it's just all difficult, but. I mean, we'll figure this out in time. I'm, I, I'm not too worried. Um, it already, it already got way, way better than it was. You know, like I mean, back in the very early days, uh, um, uh, you know, some some OGs. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't around at that time, but um, you had to, you had to, um, um, just every time you generate a new address, you had to back up your whole wallet, that file, and uh, all the rest of it. So that was the only way to. To back up your stuff, so we didn't even have deterministic wallets, we didn't even have HD wallets, so every single like the software would generate a new private key for every address always, and you had to back up like hundreds of private keys manually, and it, it was just all kinds of terrible, and so this improved a lot <laughs> already, <laughs> just the yeah. fact that we have seed phrases and, and HD wallets is is amazing, and so yeah, I think it, it will get better still and I think it will also get kind of more obvious still how everything works that you have these signing devices and you just you know as, as you as you said before you you might want to have a quorum of designing devices like two out of three and then you just need two of these three signing devices to sign off on a transaction and that's that's kind of understandable like you can yeah you can understand uh, like you can explain this to a lay person in like you know half an hour or something and they will probably figure it out um that doesn't that doesn't mean that they will be Um, you know, perfect with handling key material from the get go. But I think we already got better of understanding all of this, and I think we'll get better still.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially with the HD wallet example, you're right. Like, just uh, like I wasn't around for that, but just to think to not have that would be mind boggling to me. And there's a lot of OGs that definitely went without it. So. <laughs> yeah, That's a lot of money
1: was lost because of it, you know, it's just, you you didn't, I mean, there there are all these uh, these tragic stories. Uh, I mean, in, in hindsight, of, it's obviously funny, but, you know, like someone threw away the laptop and, you know, they forgot yeah. to back up their wallet that uh, they didn't think about it and then it's like, you know, like uh, 150 million US dollars worth of Bitcoin on a laptop and they're suing the the landfill that, you know, they, <laughs> they want to do and an excavate mission in, at the landfill and like all, all these stories are true, like all of this happened. And I think some of, some of those things will repeat themselves. I think people will, people are still losing Bitcoin right now, unfortunately, but that's the way it is.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so it, just to, for shits and giggles, if we use signing device as the word for a hardware wallet, the C phrase would be, or the private key would be the ink in the signing device <laughs> yeah uh, probably okay.
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean we we already kind of changed the, the vocabulary you know like um, uh, i think signing devices is is perfectly fitting for hardware wallets um and the fact that we you know like um uh, seed plates seed phrases um like seed steel those kind of you know um words we we use them already like we are not talking about private keys really anymore in 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 that context we're talking about seed races and about steel plates and uh, i think you know that that drives home the point that probably if it's like you know your life savings don't put it on paper because paper burns (laughs) (laughs) and so you know like you just have to think about these things That's, that's the implication of taking responsibility of your your own money
0: so overall, and I know you have a computer science background, but so overall for the people that say that that Bitcoin is just too techy for them to try, is that because it is or is that because they're not taking ownership and just trying to figure it out? I would say a
1: little bit of both. Very much like, you know, the Internet is too techy for people to try it and to understand it. But now we have smartphones and your smartphone connects to Wi-Fi automatically and, you know, everything just works and it's perfect and you don't even have to understand how it works. I mean, cars are very technical too. How many people can repair the car if it breaks down? Like the, basically zero people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone can drive, you know. So it, it's just about kind of um, making it more user-friendly, of course. But it's also in Bitcoin, there are some things that you just can't abstract away, just like there are some things on the internet or with cars that you can't abstract away. Like you you need to have certain elements or it wouldn't be Bitcoin anymore, just like with the internet, you know, you need to have certain elements, otherwise it wouldn't be the, the internet anymore. And people just need to understand those things, like, you know, web addresses and IP addresses and those kind of things would be one example. And for Bitcoin, it's, you know, again, like it's addresses, private keys, the way the system works, um, if that changes it wouldn't be bitcoin anymore like if everyone would just use coinbase and usernames on coinbase then that's not bitcoin anymore like that's a uh, that's again we 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 return to to uh, the, the field banking system that we want to move away from so i think not everything can be abstracted away we can't uh, like there's always this trade-off of making it easy to use and um um Kind of losing the properties that make the system great in the first place, and so we have to find a balance there. And I think I think it's possible. I mean, we see already with Lightning, for example. I, I really like Breeze for for this reason that um, the Breeze manages to uh, do non-custodial Lightning in a in a really nice way. And um, I think I think it is possible to to have self custody to get this into like almost everyone's hand. I mean there are there, there are certain scaling limitations to bitcoin we, we can't even onboard everyone to lightning for example you know in a non-custodial fashion it will it will take a very long time just because of the the, the rate limiting of um uh, of bitcoin like there's only so many transactions we can do on chain in a day and so onboarding like eight billion people would take a very long time but yeah. still but still it's it's you know it's also it's never about having everything work perfectly from the get-go. All systems improve and scale with use. And that was true for the internet as well. The internet never scaled. Like the pipes were always full, you know, because you you increase the bandwidth, you improve the protocols, you make everything more efficient and people, you know, start to stream uh, audio over the pipes. And, you know, now we have like 4K video and and like we have the most amazing technology and we like, it, it's, it's insane how much the internet scaled. But still, like... You know, now we have 4K Netflix video streaming all the time. Every single, you know, sure. Zoom call is like <laughs> with video very high quality. And you know, if the latency is, is um higher than like twenty milliseconds, people lose their minds. And so it's it it's just it is what it is. And the same will be true for Bitcoin, that it's a certain that there are certain constraints to these systems, like the the internet also can't scale indefinitely. Bitcoin also can scale indefinitely. And for Bitcoin, it's all about kind of how much value is settled in these 10 minute intervals. And uh, in the Bitcoin world, it will be all about byte, um, like value per byte, <laughs> like byte density, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can build um, systems on top, just like the Lightning Network. And of course, you know, like another example would be um, the Fediment idea where you have Xiaomi and banks uh, on top that um, work in an interchangeable way with each other. And then it can scale to 8 billion people, like no, no problem, but it won't be, not every single transaction will be an on chain transaction, of course. So that's just, it's the constraints of decentralized systems. There is no way around it.
0: Yeah. So it's pivoting to, to, to just lightning and decentralized systems. Um, I've had this, I've seen a bunch of conversations go back and forth. Now you brought up Breeze that does it non custodial. Um, but I still find that the majority are looking for the convenience of a custodial Lightning wallet, like, say, maybe a Cash App wallet. Um, do you think there's a, you, there's a world where both of these type of strategies work, right, where we still honor the decentralized properties of Bitcoin and Lightning uh, as a combination, um, you know, if the majority of the people rather use it on a PayPal 2.0, basically, uh, on a Cash App Lightning wallet? Um, And what do you think one trumps over the other? Yeah,
1: Hmm. that's a good question. I think people will always use convenience um, first. I think we've learned this uh, over the years and uh, people will also choose safety over freedom, kind of. I think we learned this over the last two and a half years very clearly. So very few people will take self-responsibility and uh, will cherish these freedoms. These freedoms, like we, we usually only cherish the freedoms once we lose them. So once you get rocked, then you will learn. And I think that's how people will learn. The, the important characteristic of Lightning in general, open protocols in general, um, is that we have to keep the exit costs very, very low. If a, a, a run on banks, so to speak, can happen, if you can move your funds in an instant out of a custodial, wallet for example then i don't see that there is a big issue because for some for most people i guess um, they don't want to be their own bank they want to be with a custodian they don't want to take control they don't want to take responsibility i don't like that but that's just the the fact of like (laughs) the world and the fact of human psychology i guess and in in those like but that's also a very western viewpoint like in in most countries these systems do not work you cannot trust the bank for example you cannot trust a custodian you cannot trust politicians you cannot trust anyone everyone gets rocked all the time so people really like to take control of their uh, financial situation for example and so um, you know if your state for example turns out authoritarian you probably want to you know pull your funds from wherever they are and uh, get into self-custody and so on and as long as this is still possible i think we're in a good spot so okay. if the pressure increases so to speak and if you have to want to need to take self-custody and um use the censorship resistant properties of bitcoin to your advantage then and if it's still possible to do so then i think we're in a good spot um the problem with this is of course that we already saw with robin hood and and other players where you could buy paper bitcoin you could buy bitcoin ious and you you didn't even have a proper claim on them. Like you were not able to withdraw the Bitcoin from the platform. So they didn't really like exist in the first place, I guess, I don't know. And so, so that's very dangerous. So people should not ever use these services. Um, I think in general, you should aim to, again, as I said in the beginning, improve your setup, improve your improve the way you use Bitcoin, take small steps to become more self-sovereign um, like every day, every week. And that way, you know, you reduce you reduce the risk for yourself and i think it's all about risk reduction because the uh, the general macro environment and everything i think the world in general will be very uncertain in the next couple of years so it's it's good to set yourself up that you you yeah you just can't get rocked so easily
0: yeah yeah and I, um back to the breeze example i like that because you do get the best of both worlds there where it's like you de-risk yourself from you know potentially cash app shutting down the lightning implementation and then you being stuck there uh, so, uh, but you also don't have to deal with like the channel management that you would like on a Zeus wallet, right? Where you have your own node and you're running yep. it that way. So breeze is like kind of sitting in the middle there. Well, I, I mean, I guess technically they could shut down their app, but the, the likelihood of that being because of regulation, like cash app is highly unlikely, but also they handle the channel, channel management for you. So you can interact with the lightning network and I have to be, um, I hate to use the word techie, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> be engulfed in how to balance channels and do all that stuff
1: yeah and and also to be fair you know it's everything is still very very young we're yeah. we still insanely early and um you know like the layer of like the whole idea of a lightning service provider for example um mm-hmm. is very new and we just have to build out these various layers just like you know again i think the internet is perfect comparison you have like the the large undersea cables that provide the backbone of the internet you have the internet service providers you have the last mile that brings actually internet to you know the end customer and and all the rest of it and you have wireless networking and so on and and you have all these different routing protocols that no one knows about you know uh, i mean most people know about tcpip but there's like five different other protocols that are just for backbone routing and uh allocation of you know Large, large chunks of data and those, those kind of things like how to, how to do all this properly and I think the same will be true in Bitcoin as well that we just have to learn how to um, yeah how to provide liquidity how to do routing on lightning properly and I, yeah. I also really hope that we will have multiple solutions to these problems not only lightning but also yeah also other scaling solutions that hopefully will pop up over time yeah, so basically we we just need to figure out how to um, do routing on Lightning properly, how to allocate liquidity properly. We need to build out these various layers uh, where you have multiple service providers that provide these things to the people. And I think it will improve massively in the next couple of years. I mean, iteration on Lightning can go way, way, way quicker than it can go on Bitcoin because uh, we don't need global consensus for lightning and uh, all of this will be improved you know like um, uh, there's a lot of work to be done still on multipath payments uh, renee did some great work there and this will be implemented I guess soon in, in some of the implementations um, you know just routing in general uh, path probing optimizing for what you know do you want to have the lowest fees or the shortest path or like the highest success probability and so on and um, also in terms of liquidity just how to think about liquidity, how to build out the services that provide liquidity to users. Um, I mean, Breeze has, has done a lot of work there as well. Like if someone, just for example, if someone starts a podcasting 2.0 podcast, wants to receive streaming sets instantly, what do you need to do? How can you do it most cheaply? How do you allocate uh, the liquidity? Who? who opens the channels <laughs> and, yeah. and how is this done? We'll also have, you know, like channel factories to a fund funded channels. All, all, all this stuff is being built out. So, so I'm not too worried. We'll, we'll figure these things out and it will be very different in five years from now.
0: Yeah. And, and it's super, uh, me personally, super excited. I think the uh, lightning, you know, landscape is definitely the wild west, right? There's a lot of territories that are being claimed. There's a lot of, uh, innovation that's happening in that arena. Um, I've been talking to a few guests lately, uh, Keon from Stacker News uh, specifically yeah. w- was a really good example that he gave me where he was like, when I asked him about the different flavors of lightning, if that would be a problem, right? Like the sea lightning versus l versus, and he was basically saying, similar to piggyback on your internet example, he was basically saying, well, he sees them more like internet browsers, right? So it's like some people yeah. really like the convenience <laughs> of Chrome. Some people like the privacy of Tor, right some people like brave browser but they all seem to connect to the internet still seem to do the the things that people needed to do uh and ever since i had that talk with them i was like blown away by that like framing of it i was like <laughs> that's incredible
1: yeah I, I and it's also like the 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 beautiful thing about lightning is you only need two people for lightning basically like the rest is a bonus but you you, you don't need global consensus you can you can have like a, a private channel between two big you know Jamian <laughs> banks for example and they can utilize the ideas in lightning to um you know uh, settle money instantly basically and if others use the same specification and are interoperable with you then you can build up those uh you know like those chained routing channels where you know you have these paths and this network build up and so on but um yeah i mean it would be great if the if if most of the implementations would be comp- compatible uh like would have some some way to um be interoperable, but mm-hmm. it's it's not required. It's it's not an issue if they branch off in different things and focus on different things and uh, and so on. It's we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I'm confident that the market will figure this out. You know, it's just whatever makes the most sense. People will use whatever is most efficient, and um, it, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm 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 not too worried about this. I, I I'm not too worried in general. Like whole all of Lightning could fail and Bitcoin would still be fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's an excellent point. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I just, you know, I like having these talks because the FUD, not so much recently, but as of a a few months ago, where that like like lightning doesn't work. A lot of people were saying that or lightning is, uh, you know, worthless and all that. And it's like, here I am. I use Stacker News pretty much every day. Uh, I get value for value. Sats being streamed by the listeners to this podcast pretty much every day. Um, You know, I use custodial uh, lightning wallets and non-custodial lightning wallets. Uh, you know, I run my own Lightning node, and I'm like, "What the fuck are these people talking about? Where it doesn't yeah, work? I don't know. I don't understand it, this." Uh,
1: yeah, me too. Like, I man, I was really surprised. Uh, uh, oh man, I, I I won't even get into it. But uh, um, some someone on, on Twitter mentioned exactly that. Wow, Lightning actually worked for for a change for me, and, and and I was like, "Man, what are you talking about?" Like, like way over a year now. I mean, back back in the day, in, in, when the first Lightning conference was in in Berlin. Okay, you you assumed that some payments would fail. But we already had like you know a beer machine where you can pay a lightning invoice and the beer would you know magically pour itself automatically into your glass and we we had all kinds of amazing things and and everything kind of worked most of the time you know of course like twenty five percent of payments or whatever failed but it it was so young and yeah. and very soon after that for me everything just worked and and I'll, just like you you know I'm on the receiving end of um, uh, set streams for podcasting two point um, I co-host a uh, uh, podcast uh, in German and we were one of the first lightning enabled podcasts. And so, so from day one of podcasting 2.0, I've been receiving streaming sets and I receive streaming sets like every hour of every day. I use lightning every single day for exactly the things that you mentioned, you know, on second News and all the rest of it. I pay my fucking coffee every day in, in, in lightning, you know, <laughs> because the, 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 the fucking coffee dude is, is orange pilled and he really, he really enjoys getting paid in lightning because he, that's his way to stack sets. You know, it's very good. Uh, non-KYC stats, uh, sets and, And so Lightning has worked for a very long time, and it's just I I feel like if if it doesn't work for you, then you just don't know what you're doing. And we're just still in this phase where you, you kind of need to know what you're doing, but this is also to be expected. I mean, just try to connect to the internet in the early nineties, you know, like it it was, Mm. it was, it was was fucking hard (laughs) and just (laughs) try to do whatever, like when, when this stuff is new, you know, like sending an email was such a pain and it's just, it's, it's not lightning's fault, basically. It's just, these things take time to develop and and a lot of, I mean, for podcasting 2.0, for example, like it's such a hack, you know, it's just keys and payments and they were never intended for this. And it's just all all like hundred different ways of terrible, but it, <coughs> but it works and it works for now and it's beautiful. And you know, someone in Africa can, can just start a, a podcast and set up a wallet. It doesn't really matter too much if it's custodial or non-custodial or what have you and just receive sets. And that's so powerful. You can receive the hardest money ever known to mankind instantly over the internet from strangers without any ID without asking for anyone's permission. This person could be like seven years old and talk into a microphone and get streaming yeah. sets from everywhere on earth. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful. And just fuck all the haters, man. Like they have no idea yeah. what they're talking about. It's 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 so annoying, you know, it's so annoying. It's it's Bitcoin is so beautiful and it works so perfectly and it has worked perfectly for way over a decade. And if you just don't get it, then have fun with your shit coins and do something else. Just leave us alone and we'll build it out and it, w- it will work beautifully in the future. So don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, and then they'll come after it's been built out. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, obviously. Like Bitcoin is not optional. That's also what people don't understand. Very much like the, the, the internet is not really optional. If you want to participate in society, you, you need to use the internet and you need to have smartphones and those kind of things. And Bitcoin will be even less optional than that you know bitcoin is hard money is not optional you'll get wrecked you'll just get increasingly wrecked over the next couple of decades if you don't if you don't make sense of bitcoin and if you don't hold bitcoin for yourself and you if you don't know how to use bitcoin properly and so bitcoin is is anything but optional it might seem like a fun project to to a lot of people but but yeah, this—it's not fun and games. Like we're way past the fun and games stage, even though it is very hilarious. You know, like I said in the beginning. <laughs> like yeah, <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom. Far, far from it. So, uh, have fun on the ride. But, but still, like. Um, to all the skeptics out there I mean no skeptic will listen to this podcast I I have no illusions but still (laughs) (laughs) just be very careful they can listen (laughs) if they want (laughs) yeah yeah, of course (laughs) but just just to all the other Bitcoiners out there you know just just maybe maybe try to tell some of the no-coiners like just be very careful what you laugh about you know like you, you you might want to just take a serious look into those kind of things like it's Uh, you know, like, I I always like to to use the internet as an analogy, you know, it was fun to laugh about the internet in the beginning. It's just, ah, what are you doing? Hiding behind your computer all day and and so on. Yeah, well, the the internet disrupted basically absolutely everything. And Bitcoin is even more disruptive. So just, yeah, be careful, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) just use your attention wisely and maybe point some of your attention towards Bitcoin and try to understand it.
0: Yeah, that that's that's gonna have to be the name of the episodes. Bitcoin's not optional. <laughs> with, with yeah, the it really. Is not. Yeah, no. I I I mean, I know that inherently as a Bitcoiner, but I've never not only never heard anybody say it like that but I've actually never thought about it in that way and you're right over time you know it, it's it's you're gonna have to be plugged in and if you're not plugged in yeah, you're, gonna and out or it, you're gonna it will be breath. increasingly
1: obvious as as the clown world and <laughs> the fiat system crumbles you know like yeah. uh, I mean Marty's worst call was uh, calling peak clown world in summer last year or something <laughs> like we're so far from peak yet it's just gonna get worse and um, fiat currencies will fail as they have failed in the past like every single fiat fiat currency in the like in history so far has failed and the euro will fail too and the us dollar will fail fail too and the yen will fail too and they will all fail and it's it's just a matter of time it's it's not it's just a matter of when not if and so just be, be be mentally prepared for that and prepare yourself for it and prepare your family for it and and that's what people don't realize you know it's 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 gonna it's gonna get really ugly because the 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 macro situation as it looks um there is no way out of it like (laughs) we have painted ourselves into a corner collectively um you know by allowing the federal reserve to to exist for such a long time (laughs) and there is just no way like um i don't know who said it first probably was max kaiser you know you can't tape a a ponty, And it's just, it's, it's gonna explode one way or the, or the other. And, um, so I think we are in the beginnings of this playing out and yeah, that's why Bitcoin is not optional. Like Pierre said this like years and years and years ago about, you know, like the, the, when the first discussions about toxicity came up and, and, uh, you know, like we should be nice to people and explain Bitcoin in a better way and so on. And it's like, he was just going like, you know, people will buy Bitcoin because they have to eat. And yeah, that's it. That's the summary of it all, you know? Like you you will be like you will have no choice. It's very much like holding US dollars in in Venezuela, it's it's not a choice, you know? Like bolivars are absolutely worthless. If you want to eat, you need to have something else. And the same will be true just on a, on a larger scale and um, you know, fiat money by fiat money, these systems will fail. And also one thing that becomes very obvious currently is there is no alternative. It's either Bitcoin or it's slavery. Like it's Bitcoin right. or CBDCs, and CBDCs are just outright slavery. And so, if you want to have any resemblance of freedom, you need to understand Bitcoin, and you need to hold Bitcoin, and you need to use Bitcoin, and you need to understand those things. There is no other way. It's either that or slavery.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I one of your tweets has uh, a little while back was um, I, I'm gonna butcher this, but it was somewhere along the lines of a. Uh, uh, Avoid being rug pulled in all facets of your life, basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty and, and much. I, I thought that was fascinating in itself. It said so much in just one sentence. Uh, and you're right. When everything's up against us, you know, I'm gonna speak here specifically in, in in the U.S. But when the healthcare system's against you, when you know everything tied to the the spigot of fiat is against you, uh, then you need to avoid you know getting rug pulled by any of those arenas, education, you you name it, all that stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I I mean, to be fair, I think. I think um, a lot of Bitcoiners realize this and a lot of Bitcoiners are in a good spot because they worked on this over many, many years. And of course it's hard and it's a lot of work and you you really need to think this through and you, again, like you need to constantly improve and work on it and so on. But it's it's just about, you know, like, um i mean katie is the best person to to talk to when it comes to this uh, the, the whole flag theory aspect of it try to maybe get a second passport you know if if your yeah. pass, especially if your passport is shit <laughs> like there are good and bad passports inform yourself like if borders are shut down again, um, how can you still travel? How can you leave the country if you have to? Maybe try to get set up in another country. At least get to know some people, have some friends in another country. That's very helpful already. Um, you know, uh, maybe if you only have like one bank account or something, if you still have bank accounts. You know, I'm just speaking generally. Like if you have, for example, if you still have a fiat income stream, um, maybe try to get two or three fiat income streams. And maybe get multiple bank accounts in multiple jurisdictions. Maybe you know, like again, uh, just <laughs> set yourself up in a way that that you don't have a single point of of failure, where you can just, uh, you know, if if push comes to shove, uh, leave your jurisdiction easily. Hold your exit costs very low, for example. Also, that's that's also one one idea. Learn a new skill, become employable, provide value to the world. You know, don't don't kind of rely on any kind of models or on your stack or on, you know, trading or, or what have you, like all of that is, (laughs) is not very smart. It's not very uh, anti-fragile to use Taleb's term and just, you know, try to position yourself for the chaos that is, uh, that might unfold, you know, like it's not sure, like there there are no guarantees, (laughs) but (laughs) the, the, the existing system is very unstable. And so just try to bring yourself into a position where you can weather the storm. And this means also, you know, take care of your health, get enough sleep, you know, take care of your mental health, work out, eat healthy things, you know, go get stable relationships, like take care about the people that care about you, make some friends and those kind of things. Like all of this will be very important going forward. And buy a shitload of guns. Yeah, buy guns, shake the farmer's hand, <laughs> all the rest of
0: it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, um, Gigi. I'm gonna hit on one more topic here before we sign off. Um, just this kind of just speaks on the resilience of Bitcoin as a whole. But I do know that a lot of people, especially not only in the mainstream but in Twitter, they love like the monetary properties of Bitcoin and they love to talk about you know those things and focus on those things. Uh, I have, since I've gone, you know, been orange-pilled, I've found um, life benefits all over that have nothing to do with monetary. Uh, Some of them you've already uh, highlighted there. I've had the closest relationships I've ever had because of Bitcoin, Um, been in the best health I've ever been in because of Bitcoin, Uh, (laughs) like to say I've been the most. So what is it about, you you get where I'm going, Uh, what is it about (laughs) Bitcoin, uh, and there may not be one answer, that kind of gets this out of people and it has nothing to do with the monetary property. Does yeah,
1: it- <laughs> it's such a good question. I mean, you know, um, uh, the John, John valley's has been exploring this for the last, like, I guess, three years now or so. And there's still no definitive answer why it is. It, it's actually the first lesson of, of 21 lessons that uh, uh, um, you won't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin will change you. And so I think, you know, it's in part because of that. It's in part because um, Bitcoin is this unchanging, unmoving object, so to speak. And so you have to you have to align with it. You know, you have to align with Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't have to change for you. <laughs> and so I think you you just have to adjust your worldview a little bit depending on your background. You know, like I personally had to burn off like probably like 90% or 95% of my old self to to even be able to make sense of Bitcoin to to accept Bitcoin in the first place. That sounds very weird and very esoteric, but it's also very true. Um yeah and i think it's it's a combination of two things <clears throat> i mean i i obviously thought about this for a very long time because i i saw it all over the place i i i i went through the same transformation as you did um it's still ongoing um and i just you know i orange built some of my very close friends and uh i just you know have a lot of friends in the bitcoin space and so i i saw this yeah. Uh, happening over and over and over again so it's it's just a constant you know in in the beginning it was kind of a a, a fun joke that you know like uh, bitcoin will fix you and your life and uh, you'll start to eat meat and all the rest of it (laughs) (laughs) and and of course you know like it 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 was a bit of a joke at first but um i I don't think it is anymore i think it's undeniable that um there are certain kind of truths certain properties embedded in bitcoin and they rub on rub off on on the people that that use it and and especially try to understand it deeply and try to align with it. And I, I think it's two two things. Especially, I mean, Sayfedin wrote about this uh, as well at length. That first and foremost, you will lower your time preference, and so you will become more future oriented. And so you will take care of your future self. And Bitcoin allows you because if you understand Bitcoin properly, Bitcoin will be there for you. And I've I've said in the past that that I'll bet my life on the fact that Bitcoin will be there for me 10 years from now, you know, like I can't say the same thing about my bank, for example, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. it's all went and gone. And I even can't say it about the Euro or, uh, you know, the nation state I'm in or what have you, you know, like it's, everything is very uncertain. Bitcoin is very certain. This Bitcoin, mm. the system is, is very certain you, you, and you can actually understand how it works and, and why it will still be there. And so you can suddenly plan for the future and you can, and, and if if you have a future, you want. You want to have a nice future, so you you plan financially. You you know, like you, you you do things for the for the long term. You start to take care about yourself because suddenly a future exists for you. You know, like uh, I mean, American Hodl said it beautifully as well. Bitcoin is a cure for nihilism. You know, and mm. I think if you're if you're stuck in the in the rat race and you just you don't know what's going to happen and you you live like day to day, week by week, it's very easy to. Uh, lose hope and become nihilistic. And that's also why Saylor said, you know, Bitcoin is hope and he has hope.com and there's all Bitcoin stuff there. And Bitcoin is hope because it allows you to plan for the future. And then you have a longer time horizon and you take care of your future self, which implies you take care of your health, you take care of your family, you take care of your whole situation and so on. But I think that's only one side of the coin, the time preference part. And of course, I mean, part of the time preference is because Bitcoin is the hardest money humanity has ever seen and it's still monetizing. So you are riding the exponential wave of Bitcoin's monetization process and you'll be weather, better off with it. Like just, you know, zoom out and you'll, you'll see. I mean, the charts don't lie. <laughs> and and so, so it's kind of, it, it puts you in a way, way better position. If, if, if you're actually staying humble and stacking sets and not playing stupid games, then Bitcoin will allow you to put your future self in a better position kind of easily, so to speak. You know, it allows you to save again. It allows you to plan for the future. It shows you the opportunity cost. So you will, you will, again, you know, to to quote Pierre, the, the high velocity trash economy, that's what fiat produces. You just buy shit you don't need. You just buy all the stupid shit from China and you have no idea why you even bought it and you throw it away after two weeks. With Bitcoin, that changes because you will immediately see, you know, okay, the, the, the the iPod that I bought back in the day, you know, that could have been like 25 Bitcoin or whatever. You know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like crazy. it shows, it shows this opportunity cost very. Very clearly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of Bitcoiners know the, the alpaca socks, you know, that were sold in the beginning. It was one of the first online merchants that sold the physical good um, for Bitcoin. And people bought alpaca socks for, you know, like 10 Bitcoin each or what have you. And <laughs> so, and and, and, and and I mean, this is still happening and, and I don't blame these people at all. Like um, I, I spent Bitcoin daily, you know, I will look back mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, at the coffee place, I spent like a million sets or what have you. And it's like, okay, yeah, that was stupid. Well, was it really? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I orange pill people in the process. I, uh, you know, if, if you are on a 100% Bitcoin standard, you have to spend sets. And as long as you, as long as your monetary inflows, as long as you make more than you spend, it's perfectly fine. The denomination doesn't really matter. So I'm, as as long, like at the end of every week, if you have more sets to your name than you had before, you know, it was a great week. So, so I, I don't. I don't believe in like never ever spending because I also want to experiment with this stuff. I want to, you know, like boost for podcasts and I, right. again, you know, like I am going to upvote on, on Stacker News and all the rest of it. And so that was one side of the equation. It's opportunity cost and lowering of time preference. The second side, and I think that's a very interesting one. There's actually three things. So I'll, uh, remind me, I'll, I'll come back to the third one. Too. Okay. Um, the second one is responsibility that if you use Bitcoin properly, you have to take responsibility. And I mean, I was harping on about this before. You have to hold your own keys. You just have to, otherwise you're not using Bitcoin. Someone else is using Bitcoin in your name. So you're just holding an IOU. And so if you want to use Bitcoin properly, you absolutely have to hold your own keys. And this implies responsibility. You need to be responsible for this key material. You need to actually sit down. And stamp the fucking 24 words into a steel plate and put it somewhere or, you know, uh, create a multi 6 setup or what have you, you know, like you actually need to take care of these things. And suddenly you realize, hey, I can be responsible. I can actually do those things. And then it seeps out into other areas. And of course, with Bitcoin, it doesn't stop there because Bitcoin, what Bitcoin is, no one can tell you what Bitcoin is. That's the beauty of a decentralized system. You yourself have to decide what Bitcoin is for yourself, which implies running your own node, which implies studying the system and, you know, like, do you want to run Bitcoin with or without SegWit, with or without Taproot, like what, like, what is Bitcoin to you? You know, there are some people that are very, very religious about Bitcoin and they are running their original clients that Satoshi still touched, you know? And oh, wow. So, <laughs> so that, that's fine too, you know, that's Bitcoin too. If this is Bitcoin for you, so be it. And so so this will and th- this will also continue this process will continue that's also why i don't agree with some people um Abrilab, for example said this and I, I i disagree heavily that um you know t- toxicity was necessary in the be- beginning and now it is misplaced no this process will go on for forever because no one can define what bitcoin is you have to decide for yourself so the masters can be led astray what bitcoin is and what should be bitcoin there is no definitive answer about what bitcoin should be there is not even a definitive answer about what Bitcoin is right now. There is only somewhat of an answer what Bitcoin was in the past. And there is like this meta rule of we want to be backward compatible. So as long as we are still in consensus backward in time, we're fine. But we also know that this is not true. Like in the end, social consensus rules, like if there would be a catastrophic bug in Bitcoin, we would be able to fix it and arrive at consensus again. And that would be Bitcoin. And we saw that, we saw that example uh, on, on other chains, you know, like with the Dow rollback. In ETH, like uh, the social consensus overruled and the the fork became ETH proper and the other one became ETH classic. And we will have these kind of situations in Bitcoin forever because we we know there is a date bug, you know, in like 80 years from now or maybe even longer, I don't know, that might require a hard fork. No one has figured out yet how to fix it with a soft fork. So we we will always be in this situation where you yourself have to take responsibility and decide for yourself what Bitcoin is. And you will have to, you know, like (laughs) run your node and, And define the consensus parameters and tell the world that this is bitcoin for me and if you want to send me bitcoin i will validate the bitcoin for myself and so on and so forth and this all sounds very esoteric but it's just the technical reality and the esoteric properties come out of the technical base reality of how the system works and this will always be the case and if Bitcoin gets captured and we only have like three nodes that define what Bitcoin is, then Bitcoin has failed because then it's just like the central banking system. And, right. and so all of these things are terribly important. And so this responsibility, again, it, it seeps out into, into other areas of your life. And that, that's very transformative, of course, as well. And the third thing is, and that's what John talks about a lot, Bitcoin is the most pristine representation of intersubjective value that we ever had. Like value is very subjective. What you value, I can't dictate. But money is like a representation of intersubjective value. And it's like a a value signal. And also Bitcoin kind of takes care of you. If you take care of Bitcoin, Bitcoin will take care of you. And most Bitcoiners don't have to care about money. So they are freed up to pursue whatever is most meaningful in their life. Because what would you do if money is no, no object? most Bitcoiners find themselves in this situation. Like money is not, not an object anymore. It's right. like, it's about fixing the money. It's not about making the money. You're not stuck in the red race anymore because you're outside of the system and you know Bitcoin will be there for you. And most likely Bitcoin will increase in purchasing power and so on and so forth. And you can always use Bitcoin and you cannot be deplatformed and you don't have to ask for permission to do anything with your money. So you are in full control of your financial life and suddenly, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to work on? What do I really wanna do with my life? And this is also very transformative. Like people start, start to, you know, like a, a lot of Bitcoiners get religious again, for example, and yeah. <laughs> explore these topics or, you know, start large families or, um, you know, do whatever and to start ventures, start companies. And I think it's all kinds of beautiful. Like it's, it's very transformative. And I mean, I'm not surprised why, why people are talking about, you know, like the second coming of Jesus Christ in, embodied <laughs> in Bitcoin. Like <laughs> I've said this in the past too, and I'm only half joking. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. That, well, I, I was the third part. There is uh, I, all of it actually, but the third part is um, I, I, you said it better than I, I have, I have been saying it. What I've been telling people is, is that like I believe charlatans are birthed from wanting to make fiat, right? So like the fiat's birthed to charlatans, and when you remove yourself mm-hmm. from caring about the fiat or wanting to like acquire more fiat, then you you separate yourself in a sense, and then you stop becoming a charlatan or trying to do charlatan shit. To other yeah. people to get their money uh but you you said it a lot more eloquent than i just did but <laughs> yeah
1: and, and there's so many more layers to it um so yeah. th- there is also the fact for example that bitcoin Bitcoin is the truth machine, you know, like a lot of people talk about it in in that sense. So Bitcoin literally cannot lie to you and it cannot lie to you because it makes up its own truth by definition and you are in charge of this truth. So you run your own node, you do the validation, Bitcoin cannot lie to you. Like it's, it it just can't, that's the way the system works. And so, so I think this also kind of wraps off, but, but, but more importantly, it is no one can take away your Bitcoin. Like you cannot take someone else's Bitcoin. You cannot steal. It is, it is not fiat. You cannot inflate. You cannot steal by inflation and you also cannot steal by force. So you have to provide a good or service and someone else has to pay you willingly. And this is, this is very different. Like Bitcoin removes violence from the equation because mm. you can, you, you can provide hash power anonymously. You're like you can, you can, you know, point a satellite dish somewhere and, you know, be in, I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the Antarctica, <laughs> mining on I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. it's, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, if, if you don't know where people are geographically, it's very hard to um, uh, pressure them violently. And, and also, um, I mean, I always bring up the same examples. It's if you have 12 words in your head, you cannot take this value out of the person's brain violently like people can die with their Bitcoin in their head. And so, so, so it, it, it inverts this power dynamic. And I mean, everyone who is interested in this um, should uh, definitely read the sovereign individual, which talks about this, like the power of crypto- cryptography is that it it completely inverts the power balance. So you as the defender are favored in like, you know, 10 quadrillion times to one, it's like, it doesn't matter if the Chinese army and the Russian army and the US army, and whatever the fuck Europe has
0: yeah. <laughs> conspires
1: <laughs> against you and wants to, to steal from you, in Bitcoin they can't. And that's very, very powerful and also I think very transformative on, on an, just having this power on an individual level and understanding this, but also uh, in society, like nation states, ma- make no mistake, like taxes exist and taxation <laughs> is insane in our current day and age, if you, you know, you know, look back to the founding fathers, like they started a re- revolution because of 2% taxes. and
0: exactly. yeah, that's we, I tell people that all we the are time. A,
1: <laughs> we, are, we are in a very different situation now um, where taxes are insanely high, but still most of the government funding comes from money printing. And so most of the population is stolen from all the time. And so the whole, the whole value system, the whole like money itself is completely, completely broken and the whole value signal is is skewed and you're just you're getting stolen from all the time and bitcoin actually fixes this and i think this is also very transformative that that you actually have to provide value that's the only way how you can receive bitcoin Always, like either you mine or you pro- provide a good or service or what have you. It's like, you cannot steal from the system itself. Of course you can steal someone else's private key and so on, but that's not what I mean. You cannot right. extract value from the system itself without providing anything of value. And that's also very transformative. You, you actually have to think about you know how, how am I gonna make money on the Bitcoin standard. And that, that is to your point, you know, like you can't be a, a grifter, basically, you can't, you can't move close to the fiat monetary spigot and just do nothing and steal from other people. It's not possible in the Bitcoin standard.
0: This, is this alien technology, Gigi? What? what? <laughs> We've never seen anything like this. Uh, there's oh, so many different ways to tackle this and angle this. Uh, I'm one of those guys that seems to think, well, I'm not, and I'm not the only guy, but like, Aliens are just, you know, like a future human civilization that has figured out time travel, <laughs> and they can come back and kind of. So I'm one of those guys. It, this has to be some type of a, it, Satoshi was some type of alien. I, I don't know. The, it's just amazing.
1: I the, the the conspiracy theory that I like most is that it's a, a time traveling AI and it you know went back in time <laughs> and uh, created Bitcoin to kind of bootstrap itself and finance itself in the future and on. But no, that I think the funny. origins <laughs> the, the origins of Bitcoin are are very human. I think. I mean. Bitcoin did not come out of nowhere. Um, uh, I, I have a, a piece on, on, on Bitcoin's prehistory, which is called Bitcoin is an Idea. It's actually a, a book of my, a chapter of my upcoming book that I'm still trying to write, but I'm, I'm kind of failing constantly. Writing is hard, <laughs> it turns out. Super hard. <laughs> and so um, I, I kind of, you know, looked at all the systems that tried to do what Bitcoin um now does before bitcoin and i mean the cypherpunks and and cryptographers in general um tried to do digital money for the longest time like and ideas around it like in science fiction and so on existed for like um 50 years plus before bitcoin came around like the, some of these ideas are are very like <laughs> quote unquote old and um so if you study these kind of things, it's kind of obvious that Bitcoin, like it, it wasn't aliens that came and, and suddenly ta-da, we have Bitcoin. It's just the fact that if you are able to create a digital bearer asset, a lot of things change. Just because you can have twelve words in your head and that's all your wealth. You know, like it's 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 also related to value density. Like good money needs to have high value density and Bitcoin has infinite value density because it's just information. So so all of this is just very powerful. Like you can you can you can walk through the border control you know <laughs> and, and you have like half a trillion us dollars in <laughs> like that would actually be possible and and um it 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 just changes things drastically and uh, i mean we we just went through the whole um idea of you know like what what does a perfect this cars asset to humanity that is actually liquid and saleable and uh, teleportable. You know, like you can, you can, you don't need anything to send Bitcoin. You just need a communications channel. So that's insanely powerful. And it's also perfectly limited, like 21 million, never more. So all, all these new things are wrapped up in Bitcoin. And that's why it's so strange and transformative and, and, it's it's very easy to think that it's alien technology, but what Bitcoin's prehistory and Bitcoin's early history will teach you that is, it is very human. And we tried to solve these problems for a very long time. A lot of people tried. And Bitcoin also wasn't perfect from the get-go. Satoshi made a bunch of mistakes and uh, there were a bunch of, of bugs that had to be fixed. And Bitcoin was also centralized in the beginning. And we had a hard fork, uh, at least one. Uh, there were probably a couple. I, I don't even know it from the top of my head anymore. But um, for example one of the mistakes that satoshi made that i always like to point out that uh, satoshi probably w- was not was not a god you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he he both in the in his description um and in the implementation he like takamoto consensus used to be the longest chain which is wrong because it has to be the heaviest chain uh, it, it has to be the heaviest chain Otherwise it doesn't work, like otherwise it it is attacked very easily. And so this was fixed and like our understanding of it uh, was updated. And of course, you know, there were many other like weird quirks in Bitcoin and some of them are still there and um, Bitcoin, the way I like to think about it is that there is a design space when it comes to money and there is a design space when it comes to distributed systems that need to find consensus and the design of Bitcoin. It's pretty much perfect. You can't, you, like on the monetary side, you can't, you can't do better. You can't do better than absolute limitation. You can't do better than teleportation. You can't do better than infinite value density and all the rest of it. Infinitely divisible, basically, you know, and no, this does not serve world, uh, this does not solve world hunger, uh, Mrs. Coppola with, you know, having one pizza and uh, just giving everyone a pizza <laughs> atom. So you're not multiplying... Bitcoin by breaking it down to smaller fractions. So the, the design space of money is limited, and Bitcoin is perfect in that regard, I believe. And of course, you know, like all the shitcoin shows will come out now, no, you have to use cash because Bitcoin is not perfectly private and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, no bullshit, like um, taint, taint is an extrinsic property, Bitcoin will always be able to flow and Bitcoin will become more private over time. I'm not worried about this. and um so the the design space of distributed systems is is also limited like you you have very real limits when it comes to for example, we have light speed, so to find consensus on earth, you can only do it in a window in a time window that is larger than fifty milliseconds because uh, light takes about fifty milliseconds from to move from one point of the earth to the other, and so that 's why you know we can 't have an Infinitely small synchronization time, which is in Bitcoin what we call the block time, and so we have all these constraints. And Bitcoin found the sweet spot, sweet spot, and is pretty much perfect. But that's just design. The implementation is not perfect. Bitcoin was like a one-file thingy, main.cpp, <laughs> that someone that can write C++ wrote. The code was not very beautiful. It was definitely not a software engineer. It was more like a hacker. You know, like it, if if you're a proper software engineer and worked in software for a very long time, you would have written the whole thing differently. it was just like a hey okay uh, i i kind of I know that the that it looks weird, but I worked through and he said this, you know satoshi said this like i I had to implement it to convince myself that it actually works, and after mm-hmm. the implementation, he wrote the specification, he wrote the white paper and the explanation and all the rest of it, and he also knew that you know that the design was set in stone from day one, basically you know that's also something he he said, and he he also knew that. It's more about the data structure and the design and everything else can be fixed along the way like we can refactor the code and 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 we did like every single line of code in bitcoin changed bitcoin it's it's like the like the ship where you change a plank and then you have a new ship over time and like which one is the original ship yeah which one is the original bitcoin like every single line of code of bitcoin changed and it's still the same system it's because the the system itself is set up in a way that the that it's insanely hard to change the architecture and the output and all the rest of it of the system. And and so, yeah, I think it's not alien technology. It's very human technology, but someone was insanely smart (laughs) <laughs> when it comes <laughs> yeah. to designing this system, and he managed to implement it, which is also insane. Like um, you know, like usually what happens is some academic comes up with something, or, or or someone comes up with something, and then like for 25 years, no one implements it because it sounds stupid and it's very hard to implement stuff. And Satoshi, by I mean, you know, like it's <laughs> I'm not again, I'm not surprised that a lot of people see God's hand in it because yeah. you know what are what are the odds that someone that that can dream this up can also actually implement it and it works and no one destroys it at the point in time where you can destroy it. It it was it was funny internet money and it still is to most people, you know it was it had to grow organically and it had to bootstrap itself. And that's also why Satoshi did not want to have any unwanted attention with WikiLeaks and and all the rest of it. And so it had to, you know, build up its security budget gradually. It had to build up the, the like everything had to build up gradually. It it had to monetize itself gradually. It's also a very interesting question like when did bitcoin become money like the first year or so it or 10 months i think it had no value whatsoever like people just send it around for fun there was no monetary value added to it whatsoever and then we had the first with um, liberty reserve you know like the first kind of value exchange for us dollars and, and so on and then we had the pizza transaction of course and and it took a very long time for this to even kick off the monetization process and uh yeah when when was it actually secure that that's why that, that, that's why i'm so so like <laughs> that's what the shitcoiners don't get it's like your shitcoin <laughs> was not attacked yet you know it, yeah. Bitcoin was attacked from the outside. Bitcoin was attacked from the inside. Bitcoin was attacked from the mining industry. You know, we had a nation state attack just recently. China, <laughs> yeah,
0: China like
1: mining was banned in China and, and, and everyone's like, oh yeah, uh, Bitcoin can be 51% attacked so easily because all the mining is done in China and so on. Yeah, just look what happened. You know, like they, right. <laughs> they forced all the miners out and Bitcoin is fine. And of course, you know, the, the, I think the block size war was the most important uh, civil war in Bitcoin because Bitcoin was actually attacked from the inside. And th- that's why all the shitcoins don't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what shitcoin you pick. Like, your shitcoin was not attacked from the inside yet. And and Ethereum had this test and failed. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, for example, if, if Monero got attacked from the inside properly. Like, for example, what most people don't know, Monero, don't, like, you can't trust the uh, monetary of Monero because it hard forked, like... 10 times and it might hard fork again. No one knows because there were some people that said, okay, now we're gonna hard fork like every six months. So the, the, the question of identity is a very tricky one. You know, like which one is the real Monero? It hard forks so many times. And then the people said, ah, we don't really need hard, hard forks anymore because now we're good. So we are gonna stop the hard fork schedule. Okay, what if Monero is not good anymore because we need more tail emission. Also what most people don't know is that Monero um, is basically unlimited. It has a constant tail emission, you know, like Monero will always be mined in, indefinitely. Has no no sensible, no reasonable, uh, no limited monetary policy. What if, like, the budget runs low and the developers that are working on it want to get paid more? And it's like, um, yeah, we're going to start the hard forks again. We're going to increase the tail emission by just a little bit, and so on. Like, can you really trust this system? And what people also don't realize is that um, you know security is linked to valuation. Like if your shitcoin has a market cap of like a hundred bucks, <laughs> it's very easy to snap it out. It's very easy to attack it. It's very easy to crash the whole thing. And so it's it's all wound up in this hot, big mess of incentives and valuation and monetization. And the blockchain only can secure its own native token, nothing else. Like that's the Oracle problem in a nutshell. And so all blockchains compete in the monetary space. And the only thing that works is proof of work. So... All proof of work blockchains compete for energy. And that's why I think it's a winner takes it all market. And that's why I think you know um, it's just playing stupid games if you think other, other, other things are gonna outperform Bitcoin and so on. Bitcoin is basically perfect when it comes to its monetary properties and it's so far ahead. Like just look at the charts of the hash rate. It's laughable. Yeah. You don't even see any other lines. Bitcoin has hundred percent of the hash rate. Basically, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it's 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 so game over. It's it's such a joke, and and that's why I hate <laughs> mentioning even specific shitcoins. coins. You know, everyone mentions e- Ethereum all the time because everyone mentions Ethereum all the time. There is no reason for Ethereum to be number two, none at all. Like there is a hundred other shit chains that do the same thing as Ethereum, and it's you know, like you know that that, that are as shitty. That's <laughs> that's why Udi made fun of Ethereum by pointing out that Tron is like a hundred times better because it's a hundred times more centralized and you can do everything that Ethereum does a hundred times more efficiently. <laughs> and so, 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 you know, like it used to be, uh, I like Bitcoin. By litecoin because bitcoin is gold and litecoin is silver and we need digital gold and digital silver and because bitcoin has these limitations we need litecoin and that's why we are shilling you litecoin and you actually need to have some litecoin and you need, need to use litecoin for you know your coffee transactions and you need to use litecoin for divisibility and you need, need to use litecoin if you want to spend something faster and so on and now we have the same shit all over again it's just some privacy coins you know and it's it's just it's it's just so tiresome and all, all the bitcoiners i think you know are, are just fed up with it and that doesn't mean that bitcoin doesn't have any problems at, at all i'm just saying and i I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna actually publish this today today or tomorrow i'm sorry for ranting on on that for so long but I it's, love it it it, no, it I just it. <laughs> it, it just really rubs me the wrong way because yeah. and the reason the reason why it rubs me the wrong way is that people need to use these things because it's a life, life or death situation, and because of shitcoiners, people are aping into Celsius and all the rest of it, and mm-hmm. people don't realize how important this is and what kind of destruction they they bring by by um, you know recommending other things to people. Let's put it like this, and yeah. I'm all for uh, you know let the market figure it out. Like I I don't I don't I'm not here to tell you what you, what you should use. Like the markets will figure it out in the long run, and I'm 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 here for monetary competition and so on. I'm just trying to tell people that look at the monetary competition, look at the competition in the mining space, look at the numbers, you will see the Bitcoiners are already won. And so why waste time? I mean, if you're not resistant to nation state attacks, what are you even doing? Like the field yeah. system is crumbling, nation state a- attacks not only will come, but are underway. You know, like again, European Union, banning unhosted wallets, banning proof of work mining and so on. Like the, the, it's, it's not playtime anymore, you know, it's, it's wartime. And so why waste time with shitcoins? Why waste time with shitcoins in the first place? It's also nonsensical. And what I actually wanted to mention is that the way to fix the internet was not to build a second internet. The internet was plain text 15 years ago. And it took Edward Snowden and his revelations to take this, these things seriously and take encryption, strong encryption seriously and build, build SSL and HTTPS and end-to-end encryption into absolutely everything. And we managed it it was hard. It took a very long time. It took a lot of engineering. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of coordination, no doubt about it. But the fix was not to build a second internet. And that's why I'm advocating to use Bitcoin. And there, is also, there are also ways to use Bitcoin wisely and privately and so on. Don't use any shitcoins. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. And if you, to, if you want to dig deeply into why, I think Giacomo is the best person to explain why. And yeah, okay, I know there, there are other people that will tell you, you know Bitcoin has these kinds of privacy problems. And yeah, okay, fine. But the solution is not to use a shitcoin. It is just not. Because if you just use a shitcoin for transactions, for example, the shitcoin will have no value because that's not where the value comes from. And so your shitcoin will have no security budget and your shitcoin will have no decentralization and your shitcoin will be just a shitcoin that can't be spied upon and can't be uh, you know, controlled very easily. And uh, it's also a liquidity problem. So you want to hide in a crowd that is as large as possible. And so if no one is using the fucking shitcoin, then your crowd will be very small and so on and so forth. And so yeah, I just had to get this off my chest because it really annoys it, me no. that, that nice. um, you know, the, you the world is fucking fuck. going up in flames. No, the, yeah. the world is going up in flames, you know, and, and people are still waking, w- wasting their time on shit coins. It's, now is yeah. not the time for, for, for those stupid kind of games. It, it really is not. We should all work right. on Bitcoin. We should all work, make Bitcoin better. We should all do Bitcoin education. We should bring other people into the lifeboat. And also, you know, it's, I think currently, it's Satoshi trying to, to solve both things. Satoshi tried to do um, anonymous digital e-cash and he also uh, built anti-bailout technology and tried to fix the money printing. And we can have long debates what is more important but I think currently it's undoubtedly, like undoubtedly <laughs> the money printing is making way more trouble than anything else. It's like fix the money, fix the world. We, we, we're going to take care of the rest <laughs> in yeah. due time. You know, It's uh, it's it, it it just it just really rubs me the wrong way that that people are 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 still kind of misleading people and and are just wasting everyone's time with with the shitcoin It's in the end it's the Litecoin argument, you know. Like I like Bitcoin, but you have to use Litecoin too because you know we need silver to our gold, and it's it's just so stupid. It, it doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Yeah, seems like the Bitcoiners, especially especially uh, like yourself, for putting so much work out there, are basically. Pointing at the cliff and saying, "There it is! You guys are about to fall off the fucking cliff!" And for some reason, people were just not paying attention, and they're like, "Who's that guy that's just screaming at the top of his lungs about nonsense?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "No, the cliff, the cliff!" <laughs> yeah, Moses was uh, also
1: a crazy person until the, the flood came. You know, it, it, uh, it hey, it good point.
0: Good point. <laughs> so, uh, Gigi, so what? What has you excited? We're about to sign off here, but what has you excited in the Bitcoin space? Um, it could be, you know, in the next year, the next five, what, what is it, something that you got your eye on and you're excited about?
1: Oh man, so many things. I I, I mentioned yeah. some of them
0: already. Um,
1: I think, I think in general, the thing that will be most obvious is kind of the, the, the streaming sets and the value for value idea, because I really think it has the power to, um, you know, take a, a big bite into the advertisement uh world like the way that the internet monetizes itself so to speak oh yeah the the prevailing way of making money online is just you know by um creating thumbnails uh that always look like someone stepped on a a lego and just tell everyone to like (laughs) and subscribe and (laughs) all the rest of it and i'm super bullish on value for value because it allows you to um build something out and just in a permissionless way without any middleman receive the best money we ever had instantly and it's instantly settled and you don't know who's sending you money you're just providing value to the world and value will come back you know in one form or another and i think it's the right model to monetize information because information wants to be free and there's no reason to put anything behind the paywall paywalls are broken anyway like if the content is good people will set the paywall free you know like we'll set the content free you'll right. create a, like you'll rip it off or you know, copy paste or make a screenshot and put it on social media it's like you know how good is a blog post if if it stays behind the paywall? Like it's shit. <laughs> That's the the paywall paradox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and so um, I'm super bullish on that. I, I can't wait to see what other people come up with. Um, Podcasting 2.0 is obviously the first use case, but it will also work. It already does work for video um, it also works for written content. I think it will also work for books and other things. And um, that's that's very, very beautiful. There are many things on the technical side that I'm excited about. Um, I'm excited about some of the privacy improvements in Bitcoin. I'm, I'm excited about Taproot still. Like we haven't seen anything yet that disenables. Um, I'm excited about, uh, you know, like the the upcoming soft forks that are kind of planned or, or on the horizon, uh, cross input signature aggregation uh, will, again, you know, like it, We'll, we'll improve everything that is still kind of not optimal in Bitcoin uh, step by step. I'm very confident about it. I'm super bullish on Lightning. Um, uh, as you probably know, I think we'll mm-hmm. we'll figure a lot of things out there too, and it will just get easier and easier. I'm super bullish also on like merchant adoption this time. I think it's the, it's the right time now if you have a merchant that is actually hodling and in it for the sets. That's great. And I think we'll see a lot there with you know NFCs, uh, uh, NFC technology integrated in lightning wallets where you just tap a phone on a terminal or tap a phone on another phone or have something like the the little cards and uh, you just pay in that way that everyone in Europe is used to this. You, you just tap everything all the time. And I mean, with Apple Pay and the rest of it, I guess the whole world uh, gets used to tapping on terminals and it just works. I think we can we are very close to be able to do this on, on on bitcoin it's and in the end i think a lot of people won't even um kind of care or know <laughs> what kind of payment rails are <laughs> are yeah. used and so there's many things that I, I have my eyes on i um i also think the whole the whole um merging of the energy sector and the mining sector is is super interesting like like this marty uh talks about this a lot the kind of the race of uh, who will be first—will it be energy producers that become miners, or will it be miners to become uh, 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 energy producers?
0: Yeah, uh, it's obviously
1: happening already, and it's um, those two worlds are merging. And yeah, also nation-state adoption is very like something I keep my eye on because, uh, again, as I said in the beginning, I think things will be unstable for a while still, but I think there will be some emerging countries that will move to a bitcoin standard just like el salvador did and i think it it will get very interesting if like three or four or five countries do it then the floodgates will be open and other than that it's just bitcoin just needs to survive and if it survives it's it's going to grow and if it grows we'll have these monetization barriers like um you know it's it's gonna be <laughs> like once we once we hit ma- mach one the the sound barrier it's gonna accelerate from there because uh once we hit um for example a market cap of ten trillion, then suddenly very large pools of capital can allocate their money towards bitcoin, and this is gonna be very interesting too
0: so yeah i I think everything is 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 gonna be interesting <laughs> I yeah. guess, in short. Excited about a lot of that stuff, too. But, yeah, that's a great list there. Um, the Valley for Valley for Real, super super bullish on it. Uh, the music industry and all the record label charlatans that, that hang out are going to oh, be yeah, dead. Um, the feedback mechanism that it gives us creators, like a lot of the things that happen here in Talking to Bits when it comes to better lighting, better setting, all that, it's just the feedback mechanism coming from the sets, right? I could tell which episodes are actually doing well, what topics people like to hear, what guests people like to like to hear from. Uh, the splits now is a very fascinating, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, vector there to approach. And I actually posted um, last week that, you know, hey, you give a topic ideas, I'll stream you some sets, you know, I'll plug you in, you, you know, create some cover art, I'll give you some sets. You, you know, want to be on the show, 5%, right? Like a bunch of these different avenues to just explore, but it just makes the creator better. And you're yeah. right, it knocks down that barrier and we could really be creative in our art and explore different arenas. So. Yeah, Definitely that's so cool. That. And
1: and I think we we will figure all this out. I mean, just as a reminder, it took us, I think, like 10 years to figure out how to be profitable on YouTube. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> <Good point. laughs> no one was profitable on YouTube in the beginning. And now we have full-time YouTubers that can do it and everyone knows kind of how it works and how to do it and how to engage with your audience and how to, you know, maximize ad revenue and so on. And I think we will figure this out as well, just like Adam Curry figured it out. You know, it's he, he was yeah. the first. And there will be ways to, maximize uh, set streams and how to do it properly and how to do it in a meaningful and sustainable way and, you know, s- support the ecosystem while you're at it and support open source development while, while you're at it and, you know, include the audience in your set streams and include the guests and, and all the rest of it. I think, I think it's such a beautiful system, you know, like, again, it, Bitcoin is still magic internet money and you can, it's programmable money and it's, it's, it's amazing that we can, you know, send fractions of the hardest money we've <laughs> ever had as humanity instantly to other people and settle it instantly and you just have, you know, a, a stream of sets flowing in. Like it it's there there's certain certain kind of events in a in the Bitcoiner's life that are just mind blowing, you know, where yeah. it, like the the first Bitcoin transaction that you send and the first the first lightning payment that you that you um, uh, that you send and the first time you recover a wallet because you lost it and those kind of things, you know, like and, and, and it's like, wow, it actually works. And, right. <laughs> and for me, such a moment was being on the receiving receiving end for streaming sets for the first time. It absolutely yep. blew my mind, you know, it's yeah. and, and then, and then you, you see the sets streaming in, it's like, you know, three sets and five sets and eight sets and one set. And it's like every minute some, something came in and it's like, it's insane. Like it was like, who are these people that are you know sending me money for this like it's that, amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah so <same laughs> it, it it's yeah uh, i can highly recommend it to to absolutely everyone to to give it a try or find a way to be included in some value stream and and just you know uh, uh check on your note and uh, see see the numbers pop up it, it is a lot, it, it is it is really magic and fun it is a lot of fun
0: yeah, yeah. I remember that first 50 sets I got. I was like, holy shit. Like this is somebody's listening out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Super cool stuff. All right, Gigi, Fascinating conversation, man. I appreciate it. Please let the listeners know wherever you want to send them, uh, whether you they follow you or your work, anywhere you want to send them.
1: Yeah, well, if you want to participate in the live brain dumps of mine, there is no better place than Twitter. So I'm DerGG on Twitter. And also just my Twitter handle, uh, DerGG.com is my site where I publish all my writing and uh, I've linked to links to all the projects I'm involved with. And uh, 21 Lessons.com is is the book. Uh, 21waysbook.com is the second one that's still a work in progress. Some parts are already published. Um, and yeah, that's about it.
0: All right. Awesome, Gigi. Appreciate you, brother. Um, Guys, go check out Gigi's work. One of my favorite follows, somebody who, although he wants to be humble, has really taught me so much about Bitcoin, has really got me to the point where even in this conversation, I'm getting more and more bullish and more and more orange-pilled. So definitely go follow Gigi. Uh, Please support the show. Our favorite ways to do it is Fountain App or Breeze App podcasting 2.0 as we just finished discussing is is the future of it if you want to be a part of the show reach out to me in the dms and we'll find a way to get you some sats as well because ultimately this content is for you all um if you want to check out this 4k video then you can check us out on bitcoin tv that's the best place to get the whole archive and the whole library of these videos uh and if you're not there on the bitcoin standard yet well you got to get there but if you're on the legacy apps spotify apple all those places just do the good old review um, and just, you know, give a comment and that's going to help us float up. But we really want to get you over to the Bitcoin standard of things. As always, we appreciate y'all. GG, thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. It was a lot of fun. You're very welcome, good yes, sir. And we'll catch you guys next week. Take care.